Hey everybody, welcome back to Gray Area's Artist Spotlight Series. I am your host, Austin Miller, and today we have a very special guest, the one and only Emma Kirby, better known in the dance music world as award-winning producer, Elka. Emma, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to have a little chat with us. Oh, absolute pleasure. It's nice to have a little pause from music writing and all that other stuff to have a nice chat. Uh, we, we love a good coffee. I don't know about you, but I have my coffee here ready to have a nice oh, little morning chat but i really should have i should have prepared better i've had my cup of tea which is very obviously stereotypical <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad to hear like if there's a stereotype to live up to i'm glad it's that one like i yeah. i love that a a cup of british tea is a is a common thing it is but it's not just a morning thing it's like if anything's gone wrong mm. cup of tea my aunt was the same well cup of tea yeah it's just like a it's like a default for yes. most emotional problems or just waking you up or anything really yes yes yeah. it's it's the it's the safety blanket it's the exactly exactly uh, it's just warm <laughs> uh it smells good. good we love it yeah. my aunt was the same way except with coffee but she all hours of the day there was a good time for a cup of coffee she had her decaf she had her this blend she had her that blend she all the time. She loved a it's cup of coffee. Awesome. I wish I was into coffee more because a friend of mine, um, Ella Minus, who's um, an incredible artist, she, um, everywhere she goes, she travels, she buys coffee everywhere. And like, you know, it's a really nice thing to take home and then mm -hmm. remember where you've been. Um, which I, you know, my wife loves coffee. So I've tried to do that for her, but it's not something I share as passionately as some people, but I'm gonna yeah. try, I'm gonna try. I just had a friend of mine visiting from New Zealand um, and he's also a, a DJ and producer and he brought with him a bag of beans and oh. he left me with this bag of beans and like a, I had never had a hand coffee grinder before. Oh yeah. That's, and he that. just left me with the whole setup and yeah. it was the best thing he ever could have done. I have thoroughly yeah. enjoyed that, that brew every time. And it's like a little piece of your friend with you every time you're having a cup of coffee, every time you're it's enjoying awesome. that comfort blanket. It's we have a grinder and down in our kitchen, like a really old fashioned one that's attached to the wall. Yeah. And actually quite nice working for it. I quite like that too. And then the kitchen smells good and like it's just nice, it's quite meditative. It's quite nice to do it properly, I think, as well. But yeah. A hundred percent. Well, there's something about that that ritual. Just the ritual of the morning cup of tea or the morning cup of coffee. You have to be slow with it, especially when the water is fresh off the pot or fresh out of the pot. Um, because you can't just slurp it down and be on your way. Like you have to exactly. sit there and be careful with it. It forces exactly. you to slow down. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Which I love that to ritual. Do. What to do. Yes. Uh, so before we really get into the nitty gritty of it, I need to ask like, what kind of music have you been vibing to lately? Because I just listened to your DJ kicks set, like le leading up to this and yeah. that thing went all over the map. And I absolutely yes. loved it. I love that it ended with the Bibio and the Patty Waters tracks. That yes. was such a freaking great way to finish it off. And so, like, what kind of music are you even vibing to right now lately? Hmm, good question. I'm trying to think of the last thing I listened to. Oh, I can tell you. Um, John Carroll Kirby oh. is an artist that I've I've kind of discovered about yeah 18 months ago and then I was just actually in the studio with him here in London I'm I'm working on something special um and I've been listening to a lot of his records kind of um for the last few months and then 
just lovely to get in the room with him and like hear his kind of magic in real life and, and collaborate together. So that's I really highly recommend listening to his his stuff. Amazing. And give us that name one more time. John Carroll Kirby. Not John. related to me, a different Kirby. <laughs> Which is something I clarified very quickly in the session. <laughs> John Carroll Kirby. Okay, we'll definitely have to give that a quick shout and we'll give that a yeah. quick look up after this yeah. one. So, you know, before you kind of got into DJing, you, you had a background as a songwriter and a vocalist, correct? Yes. Now, do you kind of think that, you know, kind of referencing that Patty Waters track and finishing that off, do you think that that background as a vocalist kind of gives you a just a different lens that you would look through um, in this kind of dance music space or like when you're producing? Yeah, I think so for sure. Like, I, you know, I think the songwriting, um, I hope comes through even in a very kind of basic way in the, in when I make, even the clubbier tracks that I make, I think there's a, there's a songwriting base there and there's a desire for, you know, melody and, and, um, it just all comes from from me writing songs since I was a kid, um, you know, whether it's sampling a vocal or singing it myself, like there's, a, you know, it's something I'm really drawn to. And I think it's the foundation of me being a producer. I think that's, you know, I was I, the songwriting came first, then the production. And I think that knowing that I could write as could write songs made me believe that I could then be a producer because why not? You know, you've kind of had the education of, of how to to make the bread and butter and then it's just about taste and form and structure and, and I yeah, I think it's definitely has a huge impact on everything I make now. Amazing. And now you mentioned that education and kind of getting into that education part of it. You kind of mentioned in previous interviews that that DJ Kicks was a very formative part of your musical education. And mm -hmm. I, I, that, that just struck me as, as interesting. Um, and I was wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit. Like, what do you mean as far as that was a big part of your musical education? Well, it wasn't, it was, it was a big part of my dance music education, particularly. Of course, of course, yes. I started off, I started off into, when I was a kid, I loved pop music and then R&B and mm. then um, kind of bridging the gap between the two with like, um trip hop and um just singer songwriter stuff as well and then when i started to kind of get into listening to more dance music in my 20s early 20s that's kind of those records kind of bubbled to the surface mm -hmm. and i think they really appealed to me because they were they a lot of them are a broad spectrum of different sounds you know yeah. not and that's what kind of makes them different to other d dj mixes out there so to speak yeah. Um, and I think that that really struck a chord in me, you know, like how you can not just sit in one genre in one type of music. You can fuse all these things together and pull out and come back. And I think that that just always sparked something inside of me. I love that so much because some of my absolute favorite sets, and I think this is why I really resonated so hard with your DJ Kicks set, some of my favorite sets are the ones that do such an excellent job of traversing such a wide spectrum of sounds and themes and uh and genres and like it's it really becomes just a like a mix for music lovers in general it's like not just a set that someone might be looking for break beats in or a set that someone might be looking for tech house in or something like that it 
I love those sets that really just take you all over and just dive you into these different parts of really of your soul. Like, I know that sounds kind of tacky and a little cliche, but like when you can really dip into these different genres, um, in such a, in such a fluid way. And to be honest, they don't even have to be fluid transitions. It doesn't have to be so seamless. Um, Yeah. It's it's, selected, I think in the moment, I think that's more important. A hundred percent. And that, and that's something that, that I think, um, more people or that people come to understand the longer that they are in the scene or just the the deeper that they dive into the scene or not necessarily the scene just the 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 I guess the construct of dance music you could call it is really it's just the the cultivation of a vibe you know as yep. the, the cultivation of a feeling of an aura um and I think that that's something that is Ah, it, when it's done, when when you find a mix that does that, it is just like you hang on to it, and you're like, I am going to save this in all of the platforms I can, so I can easily access it for all of my listening pleasure. <laughs> that's that's for me. The been the people that I've I've gone to resonated with the most. It's kind of the cross genre. There's no boundaries. I like to be surprised. You know, I I, I just I've never I've never been one to go to like someone a deep to watch a dj that's just like all techno all night the hot you know and there is a place for that don't get me wrong like there are certain moments where that is extremely powerful and is what you need like that kind of meditative hypnotic repetitive vibe if done really well it's amazing but um it's just not the way my brain works not the way i write music it's not the way i produce music it's not the way i dj i, I like to be infusing lots of different feelings and pulling people in different directions and surprising them and taking them somewhere um that's just that's just in my dna i guess as a as a musician i love that i love that and that and that's just and that's exactly that's a musician that is a music lover that is that is just someone who understands the power of of just music not a genre but just like the the foundation of music and i i love that so much so would you say when you're kind of when you're concocting a a new track or putting together I I guess yeah more for a track would you say that when you start with an idea that you are kind of just seeing what natural shape that idea takes um as and the sound that it takes as you go or do you ever like aim for hmm I need a I need like a club banger for this set that I'm doing or I need like a spacey ambient track for this set that I'm doing or something Uh... like that I would say 90% of the time it is, it's not conscious, I'm not going there with a conscious concept of what I want to achieve, but there's so much going on subconsciously that that comes through anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I've been out and DJing certain tracks, and I've been drawn to a certain vibe a lot, mm-hmm. then that will just pour into what I'm making at home. And then, and then probably after the fact, I'll realize where that's come from and how that's come about. But while I'm sitting there, there's not a great, like, intention to write a certain type of song because that doesn't really work for me it feels forced then and I I don't find that the best work comes that way I kind of need just to follow what's what's natural for Mm -hmm. me in that moment um and I've learned that and it's not just in songwriting in general for me as as just you know because obviously songwriting is is part of what I do but there's other things I do from being from being a musician as well like DJ mixes and um 
all sorts of other stuff that goes goes into this job and so I've, I've just learned you kind of have to follow what you your brain wants to do in that moment and that kind of generates the best outcome um I can't really force anything it doesn't doesn't work for me um it probably it might do for other people but just my yeah my brain doesn't work like that awesome now like so just thinking I guess about dance music in general I, I'm I'm loving this topic that we're on because it makes it's making me think as well do you feel that like we're talking about how how lovely it is when we can kind of when we can kind of traverse over genre lines and just like span a very large sonic spectrum do you feel that there is a place for like do you think that the genre lines are important though or do you think that we're kind of evolving past a need for genre lines within dance music, or I guess it's kind of time and a place for both. Um, I, I guess that's kind of what we've been circling around already. Um, but do you think that there's like, um, I guess for yourself as an artist, um, have you ever found yourself like in a set where you're just going for like, like, this is an event that is going to cater to this sound or do you is it pretty much always we're going to see where my creativity takes me today um hmm. again i think subconsciously you do you are you're aware of where you are and who and you're reacting i think that so to answer your first question i don't think genres and boundaries are i think they're becoming less relevant i don't okay. think that I don't think that is is such a thing as it was 10 years ago. And I think that's mm -hmm. partly because of um, how we consume music now through playlists, et cetera. I think that's helped blur the lines a lot more, which I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I think people not overly focusing on the type of music they make, just to just more on the what they make is, 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 is a really good thing. Um, me in a party, I don't think I, I try not to be too influenced about what I think is is the right thing to play because that's the, that's what people are expecting in the space like that, mm -hmm. but the right thing to play for the moment, the party, the people in that time. Yes, what like, the crowd is I giving went, you. If that makes sense, I don't know if that makes sense, but like I I, I try to be intuitive, but within that intuition, you are, you are, you know, if I'm going, if I'm playing in Bergheim, mm -hmm. I'm absolutely influenced by where I am playing. Yeah. Not because I feel like I can play anything actually mm -hmm. like in panorama bar i felt like i could start soft i had four hours to just blissfully play through lots of different sounds i had total freedom and time to do that there are some spaces where you just don't feel you have that much freedom or time to 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 just do that and that is just an intuition when you're in that space mm -hmm. that you're like okay this is this is just who I'm in front of right now and that you know what they're here for and obviously you can push and pull people um and um it's i don't i don't think that's a i'm not compromising myself by doing that it's just reading what works for me and for you yeah 100 you know? well and it's and it's cool because while when you're mixing like the there is a certain amount of time that is necessary to allow things to like naturally flow from one into the next you know like if you do only have you know if you got a an hour time slot there's only yeah. so much you're gonna be able to get through exactly. but when you have a four-hour slot like now we have a lot more time for things to naturally evolve 
And with that extra time, like you're like you're saying, it's it they can take a, a much more a much broader scope of of shape and sound, um, which is really yeah. cool to experience. Some audiences are just more patient than others. Some are more open than others. Mm -hmm. you know, some are more willing to to hear things they haven't heard before. Um, and you have a sense of that, I think. A hundred percent. Well, and that's so much of being a DJ, you know, is is interpreting what the crowd is giving yeah. you. Do you, yeah. does it ever like? Uh, does it ever get difficult to, um, well, I guess not necessarily get difficult, but have you had to kind of find the, um, that balance between reading what the crowd is giving you, but not over, like over interpreting it? You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. being like, oh my that's like, just uh, they didn't quite react how I thought they were going yeah. to on that one. Uh, uh, abort mission, abort mission. Like, yeah, yeah. Like... It's like a, you're fighting your internal dialogue the whole time. And being like... Yes. And yes. you're like, out, in, outwardly, you're like, <laughs> inwardly, you're just thinking, they don't, nope, not working. They... Okay. <laughs> and and some people are like, uh, you know, fine. Like, do you don't like it? I'm just going to do me. Yeah. Some people will, you know, readjust, realign. It kind of depends on how you feel about it and that's a personal a real personal choice yeah um, can be difficult to know when to pull back or when to pursue what you really feel is you know what you want to play 100%. what they want you know i guess it's important to not rely too heavily on on feedback mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. otherwise you might get caught out with not getting what you want or misunderstanding sometimes a crowd also, crowds vary. Their reactions and how they how they respond to something really varies in country to country, city to city. Mm. Some some countries are just less kind of, you know, expressive than others. So you can't sometimes you can't look too deeply into something. And sometimes you're just booked in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. That happens. Mm -hmm. You have to just ride that out. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I haven't come off stage on, yeah. you know, occasions to be like. God, that was hard. That did not work because that happens. It does. Yeah, like it's yeah. just part of 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 the experience and and learning how to to take that on and not well learning how not to take that on actually. Yeah. To, to kind of move on to the next show and just be like, okay, this is what this is just that didn't that that didn't click this time, but it might do the next time. And you know, yeah, you have to try not let it affect your desire to try things and and be bold with choices. Yeah. Well, now, so uh, that that's that I that's a cool insight there. What now? What on that front? Like, what has been a, like a standout um, a standout experience for you as a DJ producer? Um, I guess more this is more on the DJ front. Um, like a standout positive experience. Um, or is there one that stands out to you, like a show that you played? And then on the flip side, was there a standout experience that really kind of like jarred you that made you have to like, kind of like turn inward and like say, it's okay. That one didn't hit onto the next one or that show didn't hit onto the next one. Like that I've you might have been really proud of yourself ones. for. I think I've mentally blocked out the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the best I, I have, I already mentioned it, but the, I, and it's probably people are like, Oh, how classic, but the best shows, the two, two of my best shows ever probably have been from a DJ perspective have probably been playing in, in Panorama Bar in Burgoyne. I just, I just felt like I had total freedom, 
being in it, I was in a queer space, which I don't always get to play within. I felt very comfortable personally and musically and very just there was just so much warmth and like support for what I was playing and I felt yeah it was it was it was unforgettable um and yeah I loved it I, I would play there for, for well I would say for free I'd rather not <laughs> <laughs> I would um, um over and over again because it's just something about that that club and I and I and I and before before going I kind of went with a thing of like I'm sure it's not that great because yeah. how can you know like all this hype yeah around something in instinctively makes me go okay well i'm just gonna see how it is for myself and yeah. it was incredible yeah um a bad one oh or i guess or here let me let me let's rephrase it one that was that was very trying for you as an artist that you're proud of yourself for overcoming and persevering. Um, I got booked to play in a, a festival, I can't remember the name, um, in Poland and it was like the third or fourth gig of a, of a week in a weekend in the summer and I was exhausted yeah. and, um, and I got there, it was torrential rain, the whole festival oh. had been rained out and I think I played for like 15 people oh. and I somehow had a really good time. I was just like, you know what, I'm here, I'm just going to play what I want to play and Play to the people that are still willing to dance, yes, and in, and just just in just try to enjoy it and know that tomorrow I go home and yeah, <laughs> and that was like that was just like okay I can take that from this when it's hard and you're tired yeah. and there's things haven't worked out whatever you can still try to like take the good goodness from it um and also there's this funny thing about like DJing is that you just never know who's listening so mm -hmm. say you do play a crap show that there's no one there or you haven't played very well but then people some there may be a couple of people in the crowd that really remember it and loved it and had a good time and you were able to create a moment for them and that that you have to remind yourself of that sometimes i think um but yeah it's tough it's tough at times well hey shout out to those 15 people in poland for getting down exactly. with an elka set in the rain <laughs> in the rain in poland <laughs> we love that. So I, I'm, I'm loving like in our conversation, like, so, like the way that you're referencing um, just some of the, the feelings that can be inspired because it, it really segues really nicely into kind of the next little bit of questions that I have, you know, reading the, you know, your, your like uh, the Spotify bio and the Beatport bio, there's this tagline in there that I really enjoyed. Um, and it's, if you don't mind me reading it, it says an intoxicating journey through Chicago house and disco left field techno UK bass and electro punk Elka conjures up an atmosphere that is primed for the, for the club as it is the listeners interior world. And I really, that interior world part really, I like really resonated with me because even like every facet of your music seems to be driven by for lack of better words, I'm sure there are better words for it than I'm about to use, but like emotion and feelings, like the mm -hmm. song titles, the EP titles, and like even the much of the sonic elements convey some really palpable feelings, yeah. um, again, for lack of a better word. Um, but have you kind of always resonated with, with that part of the human condition, like those emotions that are, you know, so much a part of just being a human? Or like what kind of draws you to that kind of expression? I think that's just 
I need that to feel to feel connected to the music fundamentally. I think yeah. that comes from songwriting. I think that just comes from what I've always been drawn to. So I think it's just, yeah, an in- instinctive, intuitive thing that I need in order to connect. Yeah. Well, and those are, the, and that seems to be like the, the, the music that seems to be the most, um, I guess, magnetic um, is definitely, mm-hmm. at least for myself as a listener, um, is always the music that, in, that makes you stop and it like makes you kind of um just recognize that something inside of you is like bubbling up a little bit and you might not know what exactly that is um but there's something bubbling up do you get that same um feeling when you're writing the music as as you might get when because i'm sure you've experienced that listening to music yourself yeah, do you yeah. get that same experience when you're writing a song, like in the midst of producing a track, you're like, oh, this is starting to make me feel something or yeah. I'm starting to imprint 100%. something onto this. Totally. And if I'm not feeling that, it's not working. Yeah. And I'm not going to pursue it. Like, I know there is like a gut thing that happens like inside of me when an idea is forming that feels good and feels right. And that's the thing I've had to listen to my entire career. And without that i don't really I, that's what have i got like that that yeah. is everything that that you know that's how i you know i i'm able to write music and, and write my own music and and um yeah it's 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 that's that's literally everything i think and if i'm not feeling it it's just not it's not there it's not yeah. working to like scrap it move on try something else until i feel it otherwise i, I wouldn't there's no, there's nothing I would put out unless I felt that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and I think uh, I bet it. It sounds like you're also very in tune to like your like kind of what's authentic to you. Yeah, well. exactly. And it, that's exactly it. It's part of that too. If it doesn't feel authentic, it's not right. If it doesn't feel like it's, it's, it's a very, it's a funny thing. It's just like you know when you've got it and you know when you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always been there for me. And I think that's every every creative. Like, it's just like, oh, okay, here, here it is. I didn't even know what it was, what I needed. Yeah. But it, I feel it's like a it's like a relief sometimes it feels like as well. Like, it's like, okay, this is good. I got this. I, I feel like I can, this is this is doing what it needs to do. It's making me feel what it needs to, what it needs to feel like all of it. So I bet, yeah. and I bet that can be a huge relief, um, especially like if you, or who knows, maybe I'm sure every artist goes through this or maybe you don't, I don't know. Um, but when you might be going through a little bit of like, you're trying to produce something, you're trying to put out new material and you're experiencing maybe that little bit of a, a, a dry spell, like nothing's resonating with you. Nothing is making those feelings bubble up. Nothing is feeling like, or conjuring that authentic, um, that authentic draw, that interest. Um, and I bet finding it again, when you finally do get that little spark of it, that little flash of it, you're like, oh, oh, there it is. Keep digging at it. <laughs> totally. And it's really like when you're struggling to find it, it feels horrible. It, it really affects all facets of my life, to be honest. I try not to let it, but it, it it's like, yeah, you feel this like underlying feeling of discomfort mm-hmm. and something it's not there. It's not right. Maybe you've got an idea, but it's not you know it's just not quite there or you can't find the ideas or what you're making is just you know feeling flat 
And, and, you know, when I do find it, you, I literally get like a high from it. I'll like, I'll be like <laughs> yes. running around, like feeling I've got so much energy and I actually have to, I've learned, I have to let that fade that like real, like, like idea, like spark high that you get because yeah. sometimes, and this is, and it's fine and it's good to enjoy it. But then once that calms and your body's like kind of re realigned again, you're like, okay, I need to listen now because it's it's great to get you there for the for like burst of ideas, but then you sometimes I'll come back like a day later and be like, oh, that's actually crap. Oh no, <laughs> like, no, it's okay because okay, that happens. But like a lot of the times it isn't. A lot of the times it's it's the real deal. It's 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 something that really is good, and it yeah. and it has like I found something I needed to find. Um, and I've learned actually now to be like you know if I've got a couple of days in the studio and. And all that's come from it is that good feeling because I felt like I had something and maybe I didn't that's to just enjoy that because I know that's part of the process to finding something really great. Yeah. And that I'm like nearly I'm, I'm if as long as those things are coming frequently, yeah. one of them was is eventually going to be something that you want to keep and, yeah. and you feel is good. So yeah. yeah. Now how like are there things that you um like really enjoy to like partaking in outside of music to help you kind of like mitigate those those maybe like highs and lows a little bit that that uh, you might use to help keep you balanced um exercise is really important for me yeah yeah i have to keep fit i have to keep some kind of routine or i feel like i'm achieving something every week that's like contributing to feeling fit and healthy because it just really it really influences my mental health mm -hmm. and it, it it has a huge impact on and me traveling healthily and like not getting much sleep on the weekends like i you know you don't want to, to, to get you if, if i didn't look after myself i'd get yeah. ill every week you know yeah. and yeah. i can't afford to do that i don't i you know i need to be i need to be writing in the week and being productive and um and enjoying myself um so that's really important cooking i love food love food um Same. my wife <laughs> does most of the cooking because she's just a bloody genius at it but we do cook together and sometimes she'll let me cook um, <laughs> she'll let like, me cook <laughs> yeah I mean, she's very dominant in the kitchen I should, like, um and I'm really lucky because I get incredible food for it um yeah. but I love food and I love you know eating out together and like just anything food related I and you know I often joke that like I actually travel to eat <laughs> I yes. DJ to eat <laughs> yes <laughs> to <go> to eat. <laughs> um in amazing places um and then you know just seeing friends not and not kind of friends that are not in music is quite important mm, you know so mm, not constantly yeah. surrounded by that but friends in music is also really important to have yeah. people understand your kind of weird world yes yeah, so uh, that... no, I, like I feel like i need a hobby you don't need a hobby that's like you know, yeah yeah well even just like eat like i mean i'll shoot a lot of those things that you listed like just just having other things that that um you know inspire again my words are escaping me a little bit so i'm using less than satisfactory words but that inspire spark in you yeah, you know? yeah like whether it is like just just community both in and out of music um or i dude i resonate so hard with what you're saying about like traveling to eat that is my favorite part about going to different parts yeah. of the world is experiencing the food and really diving into the food because that's such a huge part of a place's culture. And yeah, you get so much. Yeah, you pick up so much from that. And like, you know, 
someone telling you about their favorite restaurant in that city and 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 um it's a great way to like explore as well i think a city and, and get out of your comfort zone and um try things that you never tried before and yeah and i really have brief moments in so many places sometimes it's the only thing i'll get to actually connect with quickly yeah yeah um, and sometimes i don't have time to do that at all sometimes i really don't have time yeah it's a bit sad but just the kind of reality of touring yeah, well, and it's interesting because depending on the city that you're in, um, and I bet you you can very much relate to this, like you just said, you know, you're there for such a brief time, and it almost is difficult sometimes. It strikes me how difficult it is sometimes, at least, to find a place that's like, I want, you know, authentic, we'll say Polish food, or authentic, mm -hmm. um, like German food, or authentic French food, or something like that. But you're only in a place for such a microscopic amount of time that there's not just like oh authentic icelandic food right here on this corner right here exactly. you know it's like you have yeah. to you have to search it out and you have to find it otherwise it's you like do. oh well there's pizza and ice cream shops everywhere i know <laughs> sometimes that's where you land you know and you know i've got time but i try to and ask friends for recommendations and and promoters and you know to try and get that like little tidbit that's kind of a nugget of gold while you're you're all there for less than 24 hours oh, and then less. you feel like you've been let in on a cool little secret too yeah i think that's, like, <laughs> that's the best thing ever to like to go to the local spots that um that are not the tourist traps and like to, re to get the real deal is like that's the dream that's the goal every time a hundred percent a hundred percent i love that so much so you know kind of continuing in this like in this kind of dive into like the person of Emma Kirby, you know, before there was Elka, you know, there was Emma Kirby, a little, a little kid from Cardiff, Wales. Now I kind of want to talk about your, the makeup of your musical DNA, you know, like mm -hmm. what were some of your earliest music memories as just a, just a little tot, you know? Um, pop music. Like I was obsessed with Spice Girls, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake. They were like my idols growing up. We love that early two thousands, late nineties yeah, pop. Was, oh it was my time. gosh, it was. It was time. And I was really entranced by the whole thing. Like I, you know, went to a million concerts and like was just fully hooked on it all. And you know, trying to figure out like I knew I always knew I wanted to be a musician, and I guess. There was just a big part of me that was just looking at these people being like, okay, I want to, you know, not literally be doing what they're doing, but like something I know. Yeah. Okay, maybe I do want to be a pop star. Maybe I want to just, I know I want to be writing music. I want to be on stage. I want to be singing. And like, yeah. definitely didn't realize that we ended up doing this, but I knew that it was, <laughs> it was there. Yeah. I knew it was there. Yeah. Love that. Now, yeah. I was a, when I was, um, I, I distinctly remember the first time and Oh man, I'm a, I'm about to age myself a little bit, but also Please. I'm about I'm about to like cringe some people really hard here. Yeah. I remember the first time when I was like six or yeah, about six years old, maybe five years old. Here, one of my classmates brought in the new Backstreet Boys CD, right, and played it like, and the teachers like let him play it on like the little CD player, and I'd never heard anything like that before, but I left that day yeah begging my parents like there's this band the backstreet <laughs> boys and sasha just brought in this cd and i yeah. need this cd can you please go get me this I mean, cd 
you were every you were every marketer's dream that was the like the hope I guess we all and that's what we all did right like we all like someone would bring a tape or a cd and you'd be like I have to have this yes (laughs) um yeah no that stuff's really and it stays with you you know you 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 never forget your first loves it's like same with music yes and it still hits to this day right exactly darn it there's still like you know if you put on a Backstreet Boys song like at a karaoke bar or even at a club the whole place is going to know the words at least to their biggest hits so um so once we kind of got into you know once you kind of started taking on this love of dance music and all that and really finding your own in that space you know how how did how did you kind of start stepping into fem culture how did that idea start to evolve and take shape and and you know take real form well it it was completely out of necessity in terms of i i was writing with lots of people bouncing from like studio to studio as a singer songwriter and it just wasn't working out in the way that i wanted it to anyway and um i was like i'm gonna start producing for myself like this is just i don't know what else to do at Mm. this point um and so I was like, okay, uh, I'll like get a distributor. And they were like, okay, you need to set up a label then. I was just like, okay. They're like, just, you know, put a name down, like self-release, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, I need it to say, it needs to feel like something true to me. If I'm going to do this, then it's not just putting a name on the form. I need it to be something. And then I, and then I guess as I was going through that process anyway, I was very conscious in like, when this was like 2016, 17, that like, there wasn't just many, there weren't many platforms around um, or just messaging around at that time that uh, women could be producers. Like there were some, but not many. It was a ma- it was a real minority. Mm-hmm. Um, same for people of color, queer people, just anyone that's not kind of a straight white dude. Yeah. It just wasn't like spoken about there weren't like many examples and just didn't think it was for you and that was really going through my head as I was learning to produce as I was putting together my first EP so I was like okay I need maybe this is like something a community thing that I want to do like maybe this is something that I want to like just help other people do the same thing and like take control and and have like this DIY approach to 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 launching yourself and putting yourself out there rather than relying on like these gatekeepers Mm -hmm. so Femme culture started. I was like, okay, I want to meet people. I want to like connect with people. So we started doing parties and yeah, it just evolved there. And then um, started doing a comp- yearly compilation with the UN women, yeah. which was amazing. Got We got to work with some fantastic artists, really established people to like come on board and support us and the cause of getting people to see that, 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 that they can do it for themselves and they can, um, produce for themselves and like just encourage an industry to be more uh, balanced it just wasn't and isn't yeah well and and one first of all like props to you for like seeing that and like and diving into the the like quest to take that to like take the reins on that and to like take charge of that narrative and take charge of that story which is so interesting that that's something that like it's it's striking to like me as just a as a fan of dance music and i i feel like it it would it's striking to hear for a lot of 
people who like know the history of dance music and know like where it's Mm -hmm. come from and where it's evolved from Mm -hmm. that, that there is still such a, like a a gatekeeping aspect to that, you know, like it, it started as a, as a sound of expression for, for marginalized groups. Like it, it was, it started in the underground for those groups. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's it's so it's so interesting that like that's how it was born and that as it's evolving and as it's growing, it's like that part didn't grow with it. You know, it's like Yeah, I mean people just there's a terrible history of people absorbing a culture and taking ownership over it and Yes, and when you know when there's it. When there's a uh, when there's a dollar to be made from it, it's uh, it's a shame how how quickly it can lose its lose its substance, you know, lose its mm-hmm. foundational elements that that really gave it its its life and its flavor and its not even just sound. that, just it's just it wasn't it was just taken away from people, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, that's the worst thing I think. It was you know taken away and then opportunities were just yeah opportunities were taken away and not just the ownership of of how this this genre was started but then all the opportunities were taken away from the people that started it and you end up with a very marginalized part of society no longer having ownership over something they created it's terrible yeah um so yeah there's you know there's still still happening now but hopefully it's getting better but and that's but that's where it's amazing to have artists like yourself helping to lead that, lead that charge. Are there other artists that you, um, find, um, help contribute to like that charge that you're helping to? Yeah. I mean, my, my contribution is teeny weeny weeny, but, um, there's, there's uh, people like Sherelle, um, in the UK, who's just like an incredible DJ and person and, um, has started, um, uh, her own label and, um, organization that offers free studio space for queer uh poc people um and um yeah there's lots of people who's who are doing really good things and like having it at disc women in in um in i think they're based in new york actually um yeah so it's absolutely um what we do is a very 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 small part of that and actually we're on hiatus at the moment um but um yeah, it's 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 definitely better. The, the 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 landscape is better than it was, but there's a yeah. really long way to go. Yeah, but you know, it's a communal effort. You know, going back to that that community that we were talking about earlier, it's it takes a whole community to to make that difference and move that needle a little bit. It does. It takes the people that are at the top to like actually like say, okay, it's you know, most of the headliners are as I said, straight white men. Mm-hmm. They need to be like okay, if, if if this is the case, then you need to book this, this, you know, it needs to be a 50, 50 lineup. It needs to, yeah. people need to be paid correctly and like maybe give up some spaces for other people. And you know, yeah, that's, it has to start from top, I think. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And last question before you go, Yes. do you have any advice that you might have for up and coming producers, DJs, people who have a passion for music um, like you once had, or like you do have, who are looking to turn their passion into um, a career? I think figuring out who you are, like your own voice within music is really important to not just feel like you need to copy what's going on at the moment because that doesn't work. 
you need to like find your own DNA within the music and, and listen to your gut. You know, it took me a, lot, a number of years to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have many, many people being like, this isn't right. You should do this. You should do this, do this. And actually when I just stopped letting that cloud my judgments, my instincts, like we were talking about earlier, that's when things change for me. And obviously like have, you want to like play things to people and get you know, get people's opinions and, but the right people and people you trust and you don't always have to agree with them and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, trust, trust your instincts. Amazing. Well, Emma Kirby, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for cutting a little bit of time out for, for us at, here at Gray Area. And uh, we look forward to seeing you here at the States for your, uh, for your performance at the, uh, um, up in New York with us. We, we yes. look forward to it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be a time. And we know that you're going to bring all of the big, wide musical spectrum that we know and love from you. So thank you again for this interview. And we're looking forward to your performance. We'll talk to you later. Sound good? Thank you, Austin.